0: Hi, this is Eric Damon, and I'm the costume designer for Gossip Girl.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source and to all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hello again, everybody. I'm Jessica Zor, and this is XOXO. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you the man responsible for Blair's headbands, Chuck's colorful suits, and Serena's boho chic style, Eric Damon, the incredible Gossip Girl costume designer. Eric is one in a million. He has worked on Sex and the City before he came to our show. And since then, he's done projects like Carrie Diaries, Love, Simon, and Billions. And now he's back in New York City working on the new Gossip Girl reboot. You'll probably hear Eric's name a hundred times on this podcast. And that's because he was truly such a special part of our show. On this episode, he's going to share the secrets behind his method, how he captured the characters through their looks, and in the process, he'll give you a deep dive into your favorite Gossip Girl costumes, from the masked ball to the infamous white party, or rather, off-white party. You'll understand very soon, trust me. All right, I won't keep you waiting. Please welcome the brilliant Eric Damon.
0: Hello. Hi. OMG. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> OMG, you look fabulous. Thank
0: you. So do you. Gorgeous.
1: Wait, is this your actual yard?
0: Uh, this is not the yard. This is a picture from Slim Aaron's from the 50s of Palm Springs.
1: Oh, okay. I see that now.
0: It's a photo that's kind of like this iconic picture from of the era.
1: Okay, yes. It's beautiful. I could like the pool, the mountains. Yes,
0: but wow. right behind me, behind this, there is pool and mountains. So it's kind of like, this is the, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: Amazing! So you're just living the best life. Palm so that's, Springs. You, know, you go back to New York. Doing what I
0: can. Yeah, go back to New York on Saturday and jump back oh into GG 2.0.
1: Into that GG yeah. life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to get into all the things. So
0: many things.
1: First, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. You were such a big part of our day-to-day, our life there during the show, helping bring fashion to life on the show. But you're just like your energy and your vibe is just so fun to work with. You're just, you Aww. have this artistic view and you're, you have this like coolness where it's like. I want to be you when I grow up. I want to dress like you when I grow up. I want all the things. All the
0: things. That's awesome to hear. Thank you so much for all that.
1: For sure. You're just, you're incredible. i just, your vision is just, is beyond me. And I can't wait to like break that down of like, you know, that's like something from within, but you definitely, you were born with something that's different in the fashion world Thank for you. sure.
0: Just <laughs> different in general. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always had a—you know—I've always had like a draw. I don't know if it's a calling or just kind of following the charm of loving clothes and fashion. And, you know, and growing up, not to date myself, but as a kid in like the '70s and '80s in the Midwest, like that was not an option as career-wise. And but it was always a passion and always something. You know, like I would drive an hour from my small town to get Interview magazine, just like stay up on stuff. I remember completely being obsessed with MTV. Because of the look of it, like seeing the first videos and the look of it, but also like the clothes and just always being really inspired and excited by the look of things and, you know, pop culture and fashion and everything that goes with it. And always, you know,
1: yeah.
2: love
0: cinema is kind of like, I think an out and like this other worldness from where I was growing up in Michigan, which I had a great childhood. It's not like I was trying to escape some, you know, right. <laughs> terrible childhood, yeah. but it was just like the fantasy of it. And, you know, just always had a passion for it that I didn't even really know was an option.
1: Right. For those of you that don't know, Eric's from Michigan, from Wisconsin, so two <laughs> Midwestern yep, yep. people. Mm-hmm. And then go figure, <laughs> then we meet in New York on Gossip Girl. You were already on the map. People were already obsessed oh. with you. How did it all come about? Because I know Amy Kaufman and you worked together on another show. Yes,
0: I worked with Amy Kaufman. I designed a film called The Door in the Floor uh, with Jeff Bridges and right. Kim Basinger and worked with Amy on that. And- Amy, you know, I think it was maybe two years later, was gearing up for a gossip girl and had reached out to me. And at the time I was like in the bougie indie New York film world, like having a moment I like was doing very well and was very happy in that world. And, you know, I had left. I worked on. Sex and the City as Patricia Fields' assistant for seasons two, three, and four. And when I left there, like the grind of episodic and just like the nature of that, and just kind of becoming my own designer, I was like, I'm never going back to episodic. I just want to do bougie indie film and be like high art. Okay. You know, you're in your twenties, thirties, things are a little bit. <laughs> 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 and then Amy had reached out, and they sent over the pilot script, and I was like, I don't want to read this. And my boyfriend, who you know. Was husband. Yes. Brian, who you've known who have been with.
1: Since we started the show.
0: Since we were on the show, yeah. We we'd actually yes. met like right kind of when we started. Got just a little bit before. Yeah, it was just all very new. And he was very excited about the entertainment world and where I was coming from. He's like, well, let's just read the first page of the pilot. I don't think he'd ever really read a script before. And then He did this really awesome, dramatic interpretation of the whole pilot script that pulled (laughs) on
1: my heartstrings. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that. So you didn't want to do episodic after coming off of, even though you had a good experience on Sex and the City, it's a grind. I mean, TV's a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind. And so you're like, I don't know. And your new boyfriend is like, let's read it. Let's just
0: read it for fun. And, I, you know, like I said, he did it. It was so fantastic the way he did this interpretation of it. But also, like, the story, like, it was so... It just sounded like a really fun, wonderful, like New York experience to be a part of. And I, you know, I had been in the fashion world and I worked in editorial before joining Sex in the City and kind of being able to fuse these worlds again in this kind of young Upper East Side world about like. Rich kids behaving terribly was very attractive and sounded like a lot of fun to be a part of. And sure. you know, and, I, and going into it, like I think Stephanie Savage and Josh had a very big idea that the fashion was very important and the look of it. Like Stephanie definitely, when we first met, wanted it to be living editorial, and I think it was a big part of the puzzle. What's missing? Like, how are they going to? Who's going to come in and do that? And it was really wonderful. That first meeting I had with Stephanie I went in, and you know, I pulled. I made like a presentation back when we still would actually look at magazines and the internet wasn't quite as evolved a beast as it is now. So you like pulled all these actual like fashion editorial pictures and just, you know, made these comps up of who I thought Serena and Blair, just like my vision overall for the show. And funnily enough, Stephanie had made a little, a booklet of her own and our comps were like, I'd say 90% the exact same.
1: That is
2: wild. So
0: from like the get-go, it was like very eye to eye, like we knew we were talking the same language. I think I was bringing something kind of fresh that she was really excited about to the story and to the look of the show. But also like I, under, you know, I have a from the film work and, you know, I had a really kind of deep understanding of character and what it meant to be actual, to be designing for these characters and to be able... Again, like as a costume designer, the look and the fashion and all that fanfare is important, but also to be able to like create tone and emotion and give you the tools you need to create these characters is really what Mm -hmm. I do. Like what we do as designers. Right.
1: Yeah. I think people don't really know what all goes into that because also when you create it, we still have to go through like, The studio to approve it on Josh and Stephanie's episode. She was talking about there was like fingerless gloves for Serena. (laughs) She said, When Eric sent it, I knew it was a must and we had to do it. But sometimes, you know, the network, they can't see it fully until it's like fully shot.
0: Yes. Yeah. They can't see the full vision of it. And I think a lot of, especially like, I don't say back then, but back in the day when we were doing this, I think there was much bigger idea of like, we have to market to the Midwest because that's where a lot of our advertising money comes from and is that demographic going to understand fingerless gloves. Like originally there was like a really big pushback on like tights and shorts on Serena.
1: Tights and shorts. Tights
0: and shorts. Like, yeah. And there was, it was just like, can't do that. No one's going to understand that. No one wears that. And I think Stephanie helped push that through. And I think the tights became such an iconic part. Also, we're like we're shooting in New York out 24 seven through it's the cold. winter. We need, you know, the, right. <laughs> tiny schoolgirl skirts like we have to put so necessity also you know necessity is the mother of invention but it's also part of you know what we do I think a lot of times viewers and fans kind of forget there's a whole logistical beast behind the costumes of what we have to do like approval is one thing but also like thinking of the day-to-day life of these clothes like sometimes we have to get multiples triples of a thing and there's a lot of parameters that we work with and it's not just like oh my god I need that And sometimes it's like, oh my god, I need that one of a kind Valentino off the runway immediately for Serena. And that happens also. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but, and it's also, there's like a whole nother dynamic that goes into it. You look at the day and it's like, okay, we're doing scene 46, scene 32, scene this. How much time does it allow to do the changeover? Because now if you're taking, you know, Vanessa Blair and Serena from this party into their school, into like going out that night, in New York, it's three different looks. And it's not just like you quick run to your trailer no. and change you guys. You have to have all the jewelry on. Then you have to change the look of your hair and makeup. So you have to put all of that, which when you watch, you don't really think about all that. That's a major part It's a of
0: major it. part of it. Like the changeover is like the way, you know, it's amazing that ADs, and we work with, you know, the assistant director teams to kind of be able to like, that's a huge changeover. You have four. And luckily back then also we weren't block. It seems like it's become a bigger trend to block, shoot, or do double episodes. Like, you know, the recent incarnation of Gossip Girl, we were doing two episodes at a time. And sometimes it was like 30, 40 outfits in a day because, you know, we're shooting you know, six characters, three looks on one episode. Three, You know, just to have all that prepped and, to like, to make sure the chain of command and, you know, had an amazing team. Set team was run by Tanya Husky, who's our costume right. supervisor, who's incredible and one of the best in the business. And But to, like, the logistics of all that and making sure that everything is pressed and everything is clean and everything is turned around for shooting the next day also. it's The mechanics yeah. of it are nuts. It's not just like everyone's like, what a glamorous life you lead. Like. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> He's
1: like, we've had five fittings. <laughs> There's <laughs> 10 copies of them. <laughs> oh. But two, this is when it's like all set and and we're on set yeah. and, and, you know, you take them from the trailer or if we're on location, then you have someone running it to the location because we don't have time to go back to the trailer. Meanwhile, you guys, we had a fitting for each episode okay. and a lot of times it was many, many looks. And I'll say that wardrobe room, walking into that wardrobe room is like. So special to me, like all like the vibes. Just
0: create the whole fantasy. And that's something, it is something I learned, like working with Patricia Field on on Sex and the City was like to create this atmosphere, this ambiance is important, you know, to come in and have the beauty and like completely immerse yourself in this fantasy world that we're, you know, we're creating fantasy and we're, you know, we're dealing with, again, a lot of like realistic logistics. But when you're in there and you just want to like do your thing, it's important to kind of walk into this fairy tale world that is the right. costume shop so that, you know, you feel as an actor, you know, coming in that you're just can be like, okay, I can block everything else out. There's a lot of like craziness outside of this room. But right now we're just here and we're gonna create Vanessa's most incredible look to introduce Vanessa into the world.
1: Yeah. How was um working with all the designers? I'm sure you had relationships with all of them anyway, just from how talented you are and, and all of your credits and all the things and how wonderful you are to work with.
0: Thank you. It was difficult in the beginning because, you know, again, like designers don't want to lend to television back then, you know, it wasn't, we weren't established as this fashion show yet. Right. I had some, you know, relationships from sex in the city or from the editorial world that we could pull in. And I think we ended up season one was using a lot more of like younger designers. And like, again, we didn't, you know, CW, we didn't have a giant budget to be buying right. Valentino, like one of a kind Chanel stuff. It just wasn't part of it. And the more the kind of excitement around the show as it grew, I think there was more and more excitement from designers. And like, I think a big part of like the success of it was we had the writer's strike that happened. Right. And Warner brothers and CW were very smart to like use that as a marketing moment. Like we did all these great marketing campaigns with you guys and, you know, push the kids in the show in front of the media. Cause there was this like void of media at the time. And I think because all of a sudden the kids were being shot by paparazzi and like, sudden Blake is carrying a Chanel bag. It's getting ID'd. And I think people like there was a switch that happened between like seeing what the show looked like and the heft that it carried in the media where all of a sudden, like when we came back Mm -hmm. from that, there was a lot more interest from the designers. And really it's like Chanel was one of the first big houses that said yes, that they wanted to work with us. And I think once we got Chanel locked in, you know, and it was like, it's funny like how PR, (laughs) like how these PR houses work. They're like, everyone would be like, do you have Chanel? Do you have Ferragama? Do you, you know, it's just like such a game a little bit. Right. Like, who do you have? Who said yes? I'm not going to say yes until they say yes. Like, well, if one of you don't say yes, then, you know, it's not going to (laughs) happen. And Chanel, you know, I think Carl, I think, saw something in Blake and maybe it had been, you know, I think that was part of the excitement around it. And um, Chanel said yes. And then it was just like the deluge. We had free reign. And again, so grateful to chanel and all the designers we got to work with so many incredible um, designers and have all these amazing pieces like shipped right off the runway you know really right. had um that i haven't had since then like i had it again on on the new gossip girl but uh, it was a moment in time like to have all of these incredible which also led to the success of what we were doing with the show because you know we weren't able i wasn't able to purchase that and we weren't able to have access to those right. clothes so i think you know the relationships we did have and Again, so grateful to all the designers and all the you know design houses and PR companies that were so excited to work with us and really helped us make all of this vision come true.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I also coming from Wisconsin, as much as I like fashion and that I like learned so much from you and all the designers coming on the show that I'm like, "Oh, I wasn't aware of this or that." So that was like cool for me, you know, like a small town girl living in New York City on this show all about fashion, working with one of the best, and then having all these designers it was just it was it was really neat. But I never knew really how that, how that was because I remember Josh and Stephanie saying, I said, I feel like everyone wanted their restaurant, their bar, their art gallery in. And he's like, not in the beginning.
0: Not in the beginning. Yeah.
1: And I mean, that, that makes sense. No one knew what it was. And then, you know, then people get the, the buzz and then. Yeah.
0: Like a teen soapy drama on the CW. Like, I don't
1: know if, <laughs> I, I, don't know if I want kid. my clothes
0: on that show. I don't know if <laughs> I, like, That doesn't say Chanel. <laughs> right. But it does. <laughs>
1: Chuck, his kind of silliness kind of came out mm-hmm. in the fashion and he had such staple things. How was it creating that?
0: I think Chuck was one of like the biggest like pioneering looks and like trying to move the bar forward of menswear and like what is considered masculine and to be able to play that with Chuck and Ed. I really feel like Ed pulled it off because he was a Brit. I feel like a typical American Boy at the time could not have necessarily walt- waltzed into a room in a pink ascot, sipping scotch and like been like a sexy totally. cis male straight character and been like, I believe it. I'm down. Sign me up for that. Um, so it was- He like rocked it well. <laughs> he rocked it well. He owned it and he assumed it. And I think he appreciated it, helping him create Chuck Bass, which was awesome. And to be able to like push the limits of menswear, you know, who at at the time it was it was like Ed Hardy t-shirts and studded jeans. You know, it was like very Jersey Shore was like a happening fashion look Moment, in the world, yeah. which is, you know, not. And I was like, let's bring back like beautiful menswear and like kind of elevate the way Chuck Bass looks. And I think because he was a sort of womanizing bourbon swilling 17 year old could pull right. it off in a way, <laughs> you know, and again, cause it's Ed, he had like such a peacock like swagger. A swagger to him. And he had that innate Britness to him that he could just like waltz into a room and just, you know, own it. And
1: and I think you, the way you dressed him, even like the walk he gave Chuck, that like what you put him in helped kind of create that. Actually, could we play the quote from Ed about Eric? He was singing your praises not that long ago. Oh,
0: Eric crushed it.
1: Crushed.
0: You know, it was funny when we had, people, when I saw, I saw people kind of dressing up as Chuck Bass for Halloween. Now, Halloween's kind of like a, you know, jokey thing, but it was still a sign that or you just saw guys on the street kind of doing it or stuff coming out in the stores. Like there were little kind of trends or they were very Chuck Bassie, So uh, Eric's, Eric's an amazing talent. And yeah, I mean, Gossip Girl, I mean, people still go to Gossip Girl for fashion tips, you know. People yeah. still checking it out. I mean, it is. And it Good. does look, the fashion looks quite timeless. Yeah. You know? That's one thing I'll say. I mean, if you get rid of the, the flip phones, it could be, it could be right now.
1: Which is very, very true. I actually saw an article where they they talked about Serena's travel, like chic look, Blair's scarf accessories, Jenny's neckties, like all those things that were from when we were filming that like you could literally put on today. And that's all your own little twist
0: that yeah, that is just you know, it felt right at the time. and again, we were trying, you know, we wanted to be fashion forward and I'm fortunate enough to, like I said, come from an editorial background and build a feed off of those, everything I learned on fashion sets and you know, kind of editorialize costume in that way and like give it a different twist that I think makes it timeless.
1: Absolutely. And I know you probably get asked this all the time with Blair's like, look, it's like this polished classic preppy. And she just rocked it so well too. Like what?
0: Fantastic. What a, you know, what a dream to dress and to work with. and Yeah. True talent.
1: I know. Just lovely. What, what with the headbands, because that became a staple, that's iconic. How did that come about?
0: I think I, I don't know. I, I think I had it like as part of, you know, this kind of like Upper East Side, uptight. And a lot of like my design, like I went to school in France for university and I studied French literature and I don't have like a diploma in design. I like, got a life diploma for sure. It's But like an actual, like, you know, I never studied it. But I think what I learned in- Because it's in you. Because it's, it's in me. and like, <laughs> I didn't love, have like, It's an innate talent, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But the, like what I learned in- studying French literature is to kind of like really peel back and like look for hidden meanings and kind of like dissect characters and pages and stuff. And I do the same thing when I'm reading scripts. And I kind of like for Blair specifically, I was like, okay, what is her relationship with her mother? And like, how does that translate? And, you know, she kind of like had this enfant okay, like she didn't really have a relationship with her mother. And so there was this like, but I feel like the headband and kind of like her baby doll silhouettes, Give a nod right. to that to her, like right. missing a childhood and missing a connection with her mother, and also like gave into her like type A, like controlling personality. Like this headband was the last thing it was like her Linus blanket. It's like her, you know, pseudo right. coat of arms and her like protective accessory.
1: And it just became so iconic and beautiful, and just for people aesthetically watching, it looks like amazing and rad and cool. But I feel like that's so interesting and awesome for people to hear that it's actually like deeper than that. And it just kind of like polished some of the looks all the way off. It was like that one little piece. That one
0: little touch that, you know, and then it became such an incredible, it still is today. Like people were very, like there was kind of a anti-headband movement happening on the, the, you know, Gossip Girl continuation that we just did. And the fans were outraged. They're like, "Where's the headbands. We want headbands. Just funny.
1: (laughs) And do you, are you guys choosing not to do that? So it's not so in line with the other one?
0: Yes. I think there's a conscious effort and there's like a line that happens. that's like, Oh, is that a headband? Like there's a snarky moment of like a reference to a headband that makes sense to like who this generation is and that they're not a headband wearing group. The Gen Z is not like this group, this new generation isn't like supposedly as uptight. But I think, you know, maybe in the future there will be headbands and there's like headband moments that come up. It's a part of an Easter egg element that I, that I love that we still get to play with and that we're still talking about it. Today,
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, when you think of it, like, yeah, Chuck's scarf, Blair's headband, and Serena's style is super – is it inspired by Kate Moss? I read that somewhere. Yeah,
0: yes. There was a big, like, Kate Moss influence in Serena and and that kind of, like, supermodel, otherworldly, well-traveled, kind of European, you know, just very cool girl – vibe that Kate Moss was embodying, especially at that time in her career and her style that just felt like the right thing. And it just like how we wanted to have a juxtaposition between who Serena was and who Blair was. And Blair was such like an old world, like Audrey Hepburn, Hitchcockian Mm -hmm. heroine, like old world Upper East Side vibe that Serena, we wanted to make this kind of very contemporary worldly style that kind of like, you know, Kate Moss versus Audrey Hepburn, like the stylistically to play with those two you know, because they were gonna be on camera, you know, those are our two heroines in this. Going into it, it was very important to kind of define the looks in that way also.
1: Yeah. And you just did such a great job because it's also funny them playing best friends and then just how different their style is mm-hmm. and even their, you know, like like the controlling and Serena kind of a little bit more naive to things. It's
0: naive. It went very it's well. Like, naive with the hand. My fingers yeah, up. Yeah, naive.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <Like>
1: quotes.
0: Serena <laughs> like, really not naïve. Oh, or the little looped things. <laughs> Free-spirited, supposedly, but...
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and what about, like, Kelly's style? Amazing. Like, Lily. Very. Lily Vanderwitten. I mean... Kelly
0: Rutherford, goddess also. Like, such an amazing woman.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wait. Speaking <laughs> of, let's play her clip real quick. She loves, loves you. Didn't so you fun. love
2: the wardrobe? I did. I love Eric. He was, he was just the coolest guy because you, you know, you'd have so these ra- rack of clothes and you come <laughs> in, you know, and just have the best choices to choose from. And he was always so great and allowed us all our process, which, you know, is such a, a gift. And he was so generous because, you know, I'm sure he very much had his own ideas, but he always, at least what I remember the most is he always gave us space to sort of create what we felt. Comfortable in, you know, right. given that rack of clothes. He sort of said, Here, here's your playground. Now, you know. Let's build this.
1: Yes. Yeah. He was beautiful. awesome.
2: Um, and I also
1: think Lily, she may have had like low key the best style. I mean, some of the stuff is – all of it. But I'm saying when you look across the board because some were more a little bit more flashy than others – I'm like watching and I'm like, holy crap. Lily is just like a little
2: fashionista. Yeah. I loved that. Well, you can't, I mean, how are you going to do a character on the Upper East Side in New York and not have her be dressed in, you know, it's like an actor's dream, you know? Oh my really? God. Or at least for me, my, my acting dream, you know, to be yeah. able to – and I've always loved fashion. And so for me, it was so fun. Oh, How cute is God. she? I feel a, little,
0: <laughs> a little tear in my eye. It was so, <laughs> it's so wonderful to hear that. I love hearing that, That you know, because I know that I have this process, but to hear the actors react to it and understand, you know, see it and appreciate that their process is part of my process is just awesome. Yeah.
1: It's so special, Eric, because that doesn't happen often. And it truly comes from like a really warm, true place. Like it really (laughs) is coming from a beautiful place and a moment. And I think, again, all of this was bleeding into why the show people felt the way they did. I don't think when someone was sitting, they wouldn't know the details of all this, but the way it hit and the way people were so obsessed with the show is because of the heart that we all put into it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was an authentic, there was an authentic connection and kind of the seamlessness between all of us kind of created this kind of wonderful world. Yeah. And Kelly, you know, working with Kelly was a dream also. Like she uh, knew how to wear clothes and knew how to like turn Lily Vanderwoods into this amazing. You know, character and like how to wear the, how to like turn the fashion. And I agree. Like she's one of the best dressed in the show when it comes down to it. You like yeah. look at the overall arc of Lily Vanderwoods and you are like, and all those Hermes bags were Kelly's personal bags. Also like.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Girl would show up like, oh, how about this Hermes bag? I'm like, cause we, you know, Hermes was not working with us. Um, just right. It's just, you know, how the house works. Um, but Kelly had all these amazing Kelly bags from Hermes that we again couldn't afford. Um, and I was like, those are amazing. And you know, she was gracious enough b- to bring them in and just be like, Yeah, you know, Lily's gonna carry this, you know, this Hermes bag today. And I was like, Work, it's so awesome. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. When I went back and I'm watching, I'm like, Lily's style is like low key, like, Yeah, I'm fire. Class. It's like, she is fire. fire. Yes. Yeah. she
0: is, you know, no joke. And she wears it with such, you know, such grace, just like the yeah. epitome of Lily Vanderwoods. And it was just really fun, again, to design for her. and. Um. Yeah. Awesome.
1: So good. And then what about um Nate? Because his was more of like a simple.
0: Yeah, we w- just like wanted him to be very like lacrosse, yachting, that Upper East Side, like Nantucket, possibly Republican, old world, right vibe. <laughs> you know, right. Totally. That was you know that was just kind of that like navy and white and you know rumpled Brooks Brothers shirts and just very kind of nonchalant and ease, but have that kind of all-American, kind of washed-out Nantucket vibe that worked you know, yeah. beautifully and on he, Chase also. He pulled that yeah. up
1: really well, yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> <really laughs> too. Uh,
0: I mean, you all did. You're all, you know, you're all so terrible to look at and so difficult to dress. <laughs> 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 made my job really hard.
1: <laughs> I don't think there was ever a time I came in in four and a half, five years that I was like, I don't know, Eric. Not one time, I don't think. That's awesome for, for me personally, because I just always trusted what your vision and and that. And Vanessa's style I really liked. There was a lot of patterns, a lot of colors. And it was also because of her like humbled background. It was like the style where if you were from Wisconsin or Michigan, you could kind of go and get that. And I think it was
0: that's what was great about having Vanessa come in and be this, you know, I think Jenny also represented that, but she got quickly caught up in the, you know, glitz and the glamour of the Upper East Side, where I think, you know, when Vanessa came in, we got to explore something different that was a little bit more attainable and street and realistic and like Lower East Side Brooklyn vibes versus just you know. And then we slowly elevated that also.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Lower East Side like meets the, Barney's. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which is kind of me. I'm like someone who like I'll I'll spend money on a purse, but I'm like wearing jeans from you know. I kind of mix it. So I always liked that about Vanessa. There's nothing
0: wrong with cheap. Cheap jeans are great. I'm all about, you know, I keep yeah. saying like democratized <laughs> fashion and high low and mix it up. And but also like I think like when you're saying when you came in that you felt comfortable, I also like look, you know, I think I as a designer, it's important for me to have a relationship and understand the actors' needs and who they are stylistically and what how that can translate, how there can be some sort of symbiosis between who Jessica is and who Vanessa is or who Jenny is. So I think really with Jenny. Taylor's character, you know, there was this kind of symbiotic growth with them that's important to be able to integrate and for me to be open as a designer to having conversations with the actors and, you know, making sure that I listen to you and understand like where, you know, what's going on and how you're feeling about a scene and, you know.
1: Absolutely. Which is so beautiful that you're open to that and willing to do that. Because sometimes people, as you know, working with people, the egos get involved, so they're, they're not as open. It's like, nope, this is what I want you to wear and this kind of – so to be open to that, it just – you you see what it did.
0: Yeah, and that you – know, and it opens up my artistry also to be able like, you know, I have – you know, my vision is my kind of – not singular vision, but it's in my world. So to have, right, you know, you come in or Blake come in or Taylor or – Leighton, less. Leighton was really like a, a kind of a different cat. Like she just like really wanted me to create Blair and she would come in, you know, she we'd have great conversations about it, but I think she was really just like looking to me to turn her into Blair completely from head to toe. And it was a little bit less symbiotic, but still like big conversations about it. And yes, there, a lot of designers don't like to have those conversations or have the input. And I think, like I said, it opens up my boxes and what like the parameters that I work with. Right. To, to new ideas and to see, you know, inspiring new things as well. So it helps all of it grow. And I think that is kind of a big part of the success story of it. Because if you guys are feeling good in it and feeling, you know, like you can act in it and you feel represented as a person, you know, not just as a cardboard cutout of this of who this person is, I think it's important to integrate you completely into the...
1: Yeah, because it bleeds into yeah, the scene exactly. and into the vibe and into the characters and into this world that we want to have fun in and be organic in and then have like the viewers and the fans that are watching we want to bring you on this journey with us so when we're looking fashionable and feeling good is so important and that's why I think I just think it's rad and I think that's a big part of why the show was such a hit exactly About some of the iconic like looks or things that you did, like Vanessa, you know the sh- the sheer dress that I wore. That yeah,
0: that the snowflake ball.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a snowflake ball, and I was going to give Nate the letter oh, from right, Jenny, right. and then they like shine yes. the light, and it was see through.
0: I think that like that was supposed to like is Jenny Humphrey design. Like she was designing a dress for Penelope. So there, again, there's like all these. It's not just like I'm just going to design a dress. For right. you know this moment, which we're going to design, also very exciting. Like these moments when we get to design and actually create stuff from scratch is rare on Episonic because of the nature of how quick the turnover is, and so you don't get to actually build a lot of things. But in this episode, we had to build. We got to build Penelope's dress and this amazing sheer chainmail lyrics piece that had to feel like what Jenny's collection how Jenny would design, but also felt right. And then it also had to be sheer. And then I think Nicole also had to, Nicole Facilla also had to wear it in a scene. So I think we had to make multiples of the dress. So the design, like the logistics of what's going on in the scenes kind of also derive how we design, how I would design the dress and try to figure out how I also, I remember like very clearly I wanted you to feel comfortable in something that is sheer and you know, just to like make sure that just, you know, I think I remember sitting in the fitting with you and checking in and just making sure that you know, the dress is gonna be online. I think we made a lined dress for everything other than the scene. You did. So that, you know, you weren't just prancing around in, you know, the sheer dress. Walking around, walking around and you know, and also it's, you know, it, at yeah. the time it's CW and you're not you know, you don't think you can show exposed nipples or, you know, I think there was a whole like other yeah. side of it that we had to um but it was the snowflake ball. I wanted everything there to be kind of like this Degas palette of like silvery light pastels and shimmering things and I wanted that dress to be and this is also the first time we really get to see Vanessa in a gown like this like right. to have a moment 100%. so I want it to be spectacular and then you know the light they shine the light on you and it's sheer and like when I think of that now when I think of that moment like <laughs> like we just on the new Gossip Girl like it seems so naive that that is this moment of like deceit and like so controversial that you're in this sheer dress right. and you think of like how Beyonce and Kim K, like how they show up at the Met Ball. And it's like all about nude illusion. It's all about body these days. The new rendition of Gigi, like Julian Calloway, shows up at her sister's birthday party in a completely sheer dress on purpose to like <laughs> rock the red carpet and steal the attention. And it's like heralded right. as like this big influence moment in this court, you know. And it's just kind of amazing to me, like how different- The timing. The, the timing of this, yeah. how different the world, is, how much we have changed. and. And to me, it's like, I think it's a good thing. I think maybe there was body shaming or maybe it was like bad to show up and show your body off at that time. Right. And today we like, we celebrate women in a new way. And I think to me it's exciting to like see the difference and see how, how we have grown in a world. And, you know, maybe. For sure. Yeah. I know it seems frivolous so that we're talking about it around nude illusions, but there's something bigger and, you know, going on in society that today it's heralded. And back then it was kind of this traumatic yeah. moment of your takedown it was because you were or in like, a sheer dress. You doing? like,
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even in the shot, when you see it, they do it from behind and, and have the shadow so that you really don't see anything, which is like what you're saying. Like nowadays, they're like, free the nipple. Free the nipple. <laughs> Let it
0: out. Like yeah. out. Embrace the body.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when I just watched the episode back, the dress looks so good, like, Oh, okay, Jess. You were you were doing the thing. I
0: mean, the body amazing all the time. I don't so. mean to sound
1: like that, but I was like, okay. <laughs>
0: no. Girl, hot all the time, like full on fire. <laughs> Love. Yeah.
1: Um, another episode which was my first appearance, the mass ball. How was that? As beautiful and amazing as it looked, obviously. I feel like that was probably so much work, so so much much detail.
0: So much. It was like, and I feel like that was like the first, like our first giant ball party. party. Like we always had like little party scenes or, you know, we had the cotillion, which, but I feel like this was like the first like big blowout of like, we're doing this and we're doing it big and we want it to feel like old world European costume balls. And we were having like masks made in Venice. We were having like these Venetian, like Serena's mask is this amazing laser cut before there was 3D printing and it was laser cut was very like cutting edge at the time. It was like this beautiful gold mask that we had made in, you know, in this like Venetian house that only did masks for European balls. Amazing. Fun Amazing that we had, we were able to have like connections like that and have things, you know, we were having things made in New Orleans that would only do things for the New Orleans balls. But it was really like this incredible moment of like connecting with European old world fabricants and like give the show this, you know, kind of otherworldly timeless vibe that was incredible. And then again, like logistically, we had to figure out like Jenny and Serena have to exchange you know, have to have look the <laughs>
1: <laughs> And that's on you. That's right on, on the page. And find, then they're just like here, Eric, yeah, here. do your magic. Maybe
0: they can't both be in the yellow <laughs> Valentino, because I think Serena was in this great yellow Valentino gown. And yeah. Jenny, I like, think you guys go to is it like Bam's costume shop to find Jenny's right, costume? Yes. So can't remember if that dress was vintage, and it had or. to
1: be close enough, yeah. for Nate to not know it was I not mean. <laughs> Serena. So it was like,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Oh my god, it's bringing me <laughs> so, back.
0: Yeah, just to find like you know a similar yeah. dress shape and you know a color that would work on Jenny and Serena and be different enough and like really a standout. at yellow, so beautiful, especially next to like Blair's great black 20s right. gown it's just so incredible and then for yeah. Chuck you know I found this devil mask came in I'm like this is so great
1: <laughs> and where did that come in from
0: I think that was also from one of the houses in Europe I think it was like a okay. European mask house that we were working with
1: so did you have to send those back or did those just stay in our like wardrobe
0: um, the ones we used because we also had like a bunch in for for background and stuff because we wanted you know you have to design for the whole everyone has to wear right. handmade Venetian masks <laughs> Imported from Italy. So ridiculous when you think about it. A lot of them went back, but I think the, like the Serena, like, the hero masks, we kept and they're probably in the Warner Brothers archives.
1: Yeah, they're just beautiful. It was like such a, a pretty episode, like so was, pretty. When I was watching it, I'm like, holy crap, this was like the real deal.
0: It was the real deal, and I feel like, again, it was like this first time of like, this is like, this is how we're doing it, and this is the look of the show, and it was you know a huge undertaking, but you know really. Turned out, I think, you know, looking at the pictures, it still is an incredible, again, timeless moment. And like Chuck's suit, I remember Meredith, Mark with Pollock, who's my assistant at yes. the time. Uh, I'm sure you remember. Was, Loved uh, who's her. also gone on to be an incredible designer on her own. God bless.
2: Yeah.
1: Aww.
0: And had this friend who's a designer. They had this collective called The Cast.
1: And this was Chuck's. And this was suit? Chuck's
0: red suit. Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't think like, let's have them. And they were doing like really great skinny suits. Like, skinny suits weren't really a thing at the time, you know, back then. Right. And they were doing these really awesome custom suits. And so we're like, let's have them design Ed's suit. And they did, and it turned out amazing. And it was just this great, you know, it's such a beautiful, perfect moment. Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's so good. yeah.
0: And it's also like, let's do it in red because then, like, when Jenny's like collecting the pieces, like it's important design like in color and like so the people at home can immediately be like, okay, that's Chuck's, you know. Pants, scarf, scarf and, and, yeah. Chuck's scarf, that's a, it's a whole nother, Chuck's
1: <laughs> school
0: scarf, that's a whole nother life of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: he was saying how it kept getting, it was like sold out everywhere for so sold long. Sold out
0: everywhere. It had like fans, it has its own name. It's The fans call it Boris. It was named <laughs> and people are still obsessed with it. And like There was this one day on set when I kind of like had this moment where we were filming at the palace and Ed was coming out and wearing his scarf and was going to school that day. And there was fans and paparazzi and stuff gathered outside the palace as always, you know, there's always like throngs of fans. And there was this like 12 year old boy, kid in the crowd that had, was wearing Chuck's scarf. And when he saw Ed come out in the scarf there, I, and I was there like on set, like establishing that day, I got to witness this kind of like young New York kid that was wearing Ed's scarf. And that just, you could just felt that he felt connected and empowered and the joy he mm. felt by having that scarf. Was a real revelatory and wonderful moment for me to witness.
1: Yeah. Cause you're like doing it for the project and the art. And then when you see that it's actually touching someone's life in a different special way, that it that's like
0: it's awesome. Yeah. It's really like the best of like what you could imagine happening. Yeah. Like, oh, this is like somehow the scarf is having a positive influence on this kid's life. And that's
1: yeah fantastic. Yeah. How special and wild. Yeah, wild. You know. Yeah.
0: It's something you done like I didn't really, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't take offense to this <laughs> at all, but who got you most excited that you were like – I mean, I know they're all excited, yeah, exciting it's like for you. like picking your
0: favorite child. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's
1: It's a hard question. I just – because it's also – I guess it's super hard because everyone's was so Everyone different.
0: Everyone so different. Yeah. And they all like have a part – like there's a part of me in all of them, to be honest. Like, right.
1: Which one was the most difficult? Um, How about that? I think
0: making sure we were doing – Justice by Chuck Bass and what he was representing in men's okay. fashion and trying to push that forward was a big thing. And, again, just to see the impact that was having on fashion, you know, Sarita and Blair, like, all like, having impact on fashion, yes, being trendsetters, yes. But moving the bar forward and kind of elevating menswear and opening up the thoughts on what that is was right. a big thing for me as, you know, as a gay man and being a, lo- a lover of men, beautifully dressed. Right. And being able to, like... Yeah. Be like, it's okay to wear suits. It doesn't mean that you're a car salesman. There's this whole new movement. And also Mad Men, like Mad Men was happening at the time. So I think there was Mm -hmm. a little bit of a trend of men dressing up a little bit, but to be able to take that and turn it into fashion and, you know, just to like see that kid in the crowd with that Chuck Bass scarf on and to be able to have that Mm -hmm. experience and influence and positive progressive moment through clothing was huge for me. I think as far as a designer is concerned and, but it, they, they all, like I was saying earlier, like when Vanessa came on the show, I think that was like a really great, not to, you know, blow smoke, but it was a great <laughs> moment. And like the characters and like a, a little bit of a nice corner turn for me as a designer to be like, okay, let's bring this like street element. This like street savvy. Right. You know, cause again, I thought of you as like this super cool, like street savvy, almost like alley cat. Like you're always showing up on the, the window.
1: And like, this is like these, <laughs>
0: Girls that I know are like from the lower east side that are just these like the cool kind of street vibe.
1: Yeah, you know, I loved Vanessa's style. Kids that
0: hang out in the park that just, you know, just like thought was, you know, a really great addition to, you know, that we hadn't seen. You know, just when you think we've designed everything we can, then someone like Vanessa comes along, and we get to explore something different. So each time we think the new character came to be able to continue exploring design in that way and designing for different characters was also very exciting.
1: Yeah. How um to me, because I, I know what goes into it, but you know the white party in the Hamptons? Yes. You would think because it's all one color yeah. <laughs> that it might take a step of, but it's probably actually more difficult. It was
0: more difficult. And like up until oh God, the white party, <laughs> like, we were all like set and like had everything, which was out in the Hamptons. So we were like out in location. And then like the DP was like, we can't shoot bright white outside because it's going to be too sunny. Everything's <laughs> going to blow out. And I'm like. What are you talking about? I'm like it's a white party, so we had to like <laughs> had to refit. That is absurd. Everybody in like bone and off white <laughs> and almond. When I had like fully like different costumes set, pretty much for everybody that we ended up actually seeing. And this is a this is a good like behind the scenes Blake Lively Serena moment that I'd fit Blake in this awesome like. Men'swear vest and this little wide legged great pant, um, but they were white. They really, it was like a still bright white.
1: Yeah, that sounds so, it was sick, so though, sexy and it
0: was like not happening at the time. it was like, you know, it was right. like a full step forward of, you know, like fashion and like, okay, adding androgyny to Serena's character, which, you know, just sexy AF and it was a great moment. But then we got the note about not being able to shoot white, white, white. <laughs>
1: Wait, I just like can't wrap my head around this. Let's write a white party, but we can't shoot white. It's, it's I mean, the off
0: white. How challenging! <laughs> like literally, we would call you this fucking off white. Sorry, <laughs> the off white party. Like, great, thanks for. <laughs> um, so I had I sent Blake's vest off to be dyed, like dyed down, like and a crew were like just take down the white a little bit, right? And we I didn't get to refit her because of that. The dyeing took like two extra days, and it's like a whole process. And I had to refit Blake out in the Hamptons on the day we were right. sick. The morning of the shooting, I'm doing like a check fit of this vest that had been put in like boiling hot water to be dyed. <laughs> and it shrank like a lot. And it was not, it was just like not happening.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And that's
0: like morning of in the parking lot of a beach in the Hamptons. Like, Try, to shoot on to shoot, the day of like, the, shooting. The day of shooting. The day of Eric, shooting. Eric. Yeah.
1: What were you doing? What happened?
0: Um, I, because, you know, of how we roll, had like, I don't know, ten white, like amazing gowns and dresses there, just like as backup, because you you know, things happen.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> off-white dresses, of course. Um
1: and yeah, off-white. she ended up in
0: <clears throat> I don't know if it was an Oscar or Bill Blast, like a beautiful diaphanous. We completely shifted and that is one of like Serena's most iconic fashion moments is that like the the tassel on the hair and like this whole like Grecian diaphanous gown moment has become one of her most celebrated looks and that was because it was an off-white party and I dyed the vest and it shrank and morning of in the truck. You
1: can't even make that up.
0: (laughs) Fine, just here to try on one of these dresses (laughs) (sighs) <sighs>
1: Were you inside feeling like, oh my I god? Was like we
0: just gotta, we just gotta get her in a dress. We gotta get her to set, cause right? They, you know, it's just like you know how the ads get. It. People are like, we don't want to hold Calling. camera. Everything. Every minute you hold camera is like a hundred thousand dollars of camera right. time, and you know it's just like what you don't do in the industry is hold up camera and
1: yeah. But and it's also just so funny because it's a white party in the Hamptons, and this is Serena Vanderwood, and so it's <laughs> like a moment anyway. You slice it, it's a moment.
0: <laughs> It was a moment. There was a moment in the trailer, yeah. in the wardrobe trailer for sure. Also, <laughs> because like, you know, then it's like, okay, it's different shoes, it's different accessories. It's not just like, okay, let's just change like, to go from pants and vest and like, there's a whole different look. So, like, to completely re accessorize, we did it and it looked amazing. And again, that's like necessity being the mother of invention. And
1: it looked, yeah, she looked amazing.
0: A drag queen is resourceful and she looked amazing and turned it out.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was epic for sure. How funny was it, like, speaking of, like, the fans and everything outside when we'd be on the Upper East Side and stuff, it was hard because, remember, I, you obviously got to see the scripts. There would be – sometimes we'd get our sides and they would X out the lines because they didn't want storylines to leak in the press – and sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying tomorrow morning at 7 in the morning.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. They're so, like, tight-lipped. It's because a couple of scripts had gotten leaked and, you know, it turned into, like, such drama. A thing. A thing. Right. And, like, some of our scripts, like, for a while they were printing them on red paper, which was very hard to read. like
1: So that we could keep track of them?
0: <laughs> no, also so you couldn't photocopy them and share them.
1: You know, right. Before, oh, Before, yeah.
0: again, like, we weren't really taking pictures with our cell phones. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite – we weren't living in the right. digital social media world that we we're living in now where you know you don't even get paper scripts right. anymore but back then like they would put it on red red paper so that no one could photocopy or share the scripts
1: right yeah that makes crazy. sense i also felt like it had to be hard for you guys with them not wanting things to get leaked it would be kind of hard for sometimes what the characters would be wearing if we were shooting on location. Because it's like, if Serena's in a dress, then you know she's coming from something. Like, Yes. I remember we'd have to wear those big coats <laughs> so that people couldn't see what the thing, yes. like, or, if, I mean, it's really crazy.
0: How we would have to. To hide it. Yeah, to hide it and to, and we were just doing that again. We just, with GG2.0, like the biggest shock to me of like going into this new world of doing Gossip Girl again was, like how quickly things were showing up on social media. Jordan would step out of her trailer and like, Within five minutes, it's all over Instagram. Like before, we'd have to wait, like, you know, two weeks before it would come out in People
1: Magazine. Right. Well, and it's wild because we didn't, when we were doing it, it was a show about a blog when there weren't blogs. And now it is. And I'm finding it so interesting because people are loving the new one so much but i when i heard and when i was told that they were doing it i was like how is that going to work because i almost think with ours it works so well because we didn't have it and i know it's working but i remember when i first heard it i'm like wow that's going to be really difficult for the writing and difficult for you guys and the actors because you almost have to like take that layer out to keep it fresh and interesting
0: yeah but i think in like a strange like twist of like a revelatory twist of fate HBO and marketing ended up leaning into it and using it to its marketing advantage because they knew it, like, it became inevitable that every, like, ev- almost every single look was being, was, like, being showcased on, you know, on IG and like, right. on every social media platform. So I think, smartly enough, I actually just did an interview, I think, with Fashion about this, that like, how social media is becoming like, a new platform of advertising and marketing before the show is even out. It's generating buzz. In a positive way, then kind of realizing that. And like, then I think the writers end up having to write scenes that only take place inside or on the sets. So that it's really interesting and kind of crazy how it influences like the trajectory of how the storyline goes or where scenes are being set or how we're, you know, dressing, changing how we dress people. Like, if we don't want something to be seen, then we're not going to dress them in their trailer and travel them to set. We're going to dress them on set. There. You're not gonna see the look. Right. It's not going out, and it's become a part of a bigger conversation that adds an extra layer of challenge to our day, obviously.
1: And time and time. And, and, yeah, time.
0: and like <laughs> moving costumes, moving those kind of costumes is it's you know, again, the logistics of like transporting a one of a kind gown with the shoes.
1: This isn't like a t shirt and a pair of jeans that are like going in a yeah, little bag. Then
0: cleaf earrings <laughs> that have to go with the guard, you know, Cartier Ring, like all the little pieces are not just dinner.
1: And <laughs> yes. You just heard him right. He said a guard. There's certain pieces that they actually have a security guard with them. So they come to set with you, they go back to your trailer, they wait for it. For, I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't, a lot of people don't know yeah. that.
0: And that, you know, like it's Cartier or Van Cleef or Harry Winston send guards to come and spend the day with their jewels. Same thing happens on the red carpet for the Oscars, and it's all part of it. Right. It's just kind of built in. For us, it's a different, it was a weird, also, you know, we had it a little bit on Sex in the City, but we did it quite a bit on Gossip Girl and the new one, it just adds, a whole, again, another layer of like, okay, now we have to deal with ha- like receiving a security guard into the wardrobe truck and like taking them to set and like <laughs> <laughs> having them send, having security guards sign NDAs. <laughs>
1: NDAs. And now it's probably a whole nother layer with like COVID and the COVID oh, rules yeah. on set. I
0: didn't go to set. We were not allowed. We were in the pod system. I was not allowed to go to set at all. Like I could go to the truck oh, and wow. we were only allowed to have three people on the truck at the time. It's a whole new, <laughs> like a very new, brand new world of... Um, how it all went down, and again, also very challenging yeah. and made it difficult. It was,
1: yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it was <laughs> from like Sex and the City to Our Gossip Girl to the New Gossip Girl. You obviously see a big shift. Not even just the social media and stuff like that, but yes, yeah.
0: But also, like, still very like the clothes, fashion, still very important. I think that's like the
1: right, absolutely
0: tie here that like everyone loves the clothes and like the fantasy of the fashion is part of the draw to all three of these pieces. That's just, it's a fantasy. You know, I love serving the fantasy and this fashion world and like creating these characters and having it be a seamless part of who they are. But I think in the most you know, like, GG and the current, you know, the new, I never know what to call it. It's like the new Gigi yeah, is I don't like either. Gossip Girl. the <laughs> a continuation, I think is the, yeah, the continuation. continuation. You know, it was exciting when Stephanie first reached out to me about it I was like, oh, this, this is incredible! I didn't, but I didn't know. Like, is it like, are we rebooting? Is it like Serena and you know, is it like everybody today and coming back? Yeah. Right. And then she had me like beat with Josh Saffron, and kind of give me that rundown of like what it was all going to be about. And it was so ex- I was so like excited to hear like how diverse the cast was going to be and that there's going to be this new like light shown of visibility and like pansexuality and just like breaking down. All of these barriers and rules that we dealt with on the original Gossip Girl, and um, it just felt really right for everything that was going on socially and just where we were in the world. That we are able to have diversity in characters and have this amazing talent and visibility around it was in the storylines, and it just was very, very exciting. And I just, you know, was so thrilled to be asked to be a part of it and kind of continue the legacy and hopefully,
1: yeah. That's so cool. And how great is Josh and Stephanie to work with? The
0: best. Like you can't. It's like been 15 plus years and they're just, you know, they just keep getting better and they're so smart and talented and visionary and chill and cool and just the best in like every, every level. I think because they think of it as writers and producers and they have experience at so many different levels that it just makes everything they touch a success.
1: Yeah. Um when you guys cuz you guys are doing 10 episodes now in the new one yes. yes. We were doing 22. Oh my God. <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of looks in the new there's one a, it's too. There's a
0: lot more looks and I think because it's a full hour, there's no commercial breaks. Right, right. And for the first season we did 12 episodes and you know, the pilot it felt like it really felt like every episode was a feature film. Like there was so much going on. You know, there's like the school looks And then there's like all the going out looks and there's day looks and there's sleepwear looks and there's party looks. And then again, we were shooting two episodes at a time. So it was like the days, like the amount of costumes we were going through was outrageous.
1: But for the school uniforms on both, how did you come up with that?
0: Like on the OG, we, I was, you know, it was a little bit more by the book. Like we definitely had a specific um, set of like uniform rules that we were going by. And I had gone up again, this is before social media and like. The interweb was alive and well, but not nearly you know the beast that it was now. So I couldn't do as much island research as I could this time around. But I would go up and like wait for schools to let out on the upper east side, and like a creepster track, <laughs> <laughs> track the teen girls to see what they were wearing. And there was like groups. There was like the Marc Jacobs girls, and then there was like the Balenciaga bag girls, and the Tory Burch flat girls. There was like you could tell that there were these kind of archetypes that existed that I. Right fed from the reality of that. And that time would like take a pull. Cause again, I didn't have, I had a flip phone. I don't think I was taking pictures.
1: Right.
0: So I was like taking like slyly taking Polaroid pictures of (laughs) schoolgirls on the upper (laughs) East side, total creepster. (laughs) Uh, uh, But that like helped me. It was, uh, was inspiring that like, okay, these kids actually do wear these things. And these like, there, there are these cults of designer that these kids kind of lean to. Like, it was like, they carry the Marc Jacobs backpack, or they wear the Tory Birch flats, and they were definitely different uh, looks stylistically that were very inspirational. But it was still very like, like the upperclassmen had to wear like the navy skirt and the navy tie, and then the underclassmen wore the plaid skirt, you know, and the plaid tie. Which Serena's had her plaid skirt the whole time because it was her school. It's a whole storyline that I don't need to get into. But it was still very like there were no heels, there were no sneakers. You know, it had to be a white blouse, and then right. for this edition, like the, I remember having a conversation early on with Josh and Stephanie about it. And I was like, maybe like, maybe we're going to be so modern and let, let the girls wear pants.
2: <laughs> like there was
0: a big, bold step in you know, <laughs> sexual, sexual revolution of clothing. Like maybe the school girls right. can wear pants and they, they seemed exciting. And then all of a sudden, like we get to it and all you sudden, suddenly like Jordan is in like biker shorts and an oversized t-shirt and like, the understanding of what clothing meant to Gen Z and this generation just like flipped the switch on me real quick. And just to be able to go with it and really, and again, I was like, I was walking, like I live in the East village, I was walking down the down Broadway and like 12th street. Um, And there's this great school, Grace Church, it's this Catholic school. And I was just walking down like early on in prep and this gaggle of schoolgirls came out and they were all in oversized, like logoed sweatshirts, they had the Grace Church logo and biker shorts. And I was like, Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> and they were like wearing like the chunky Balenciaga. Maybe they weren't Balenciaga, they're probably Fila, but you know, we were doing Balenciaga on the show, sneakers. And it just was like, okay, this like sportswear element, everything that's going on, like trend wise with Gen Z, as far as like the late 90s, early aughts, kind of like that streetwear vibe makes total sense and kind of just opened up the parameters so that like there were no. Like the right. rules were like, you're going to be in a Navy bottom and have some sort of tie on and a white shirt or a t-shirt or an oversized, But like, right. when you look at it, it doesn't look like any of them are wearing pants or skirts and I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it looks so good. Exactly.
0: It looks, you know, it feels current and an update and it's not, you know, it's kind of like yeah. precious over, you know, and we really pulled back on the style, like the styling of it is much more minimalist and just feels a lot more, just feels current and relevant and dialed up here and there when we need to and give the OG fans, you know, the fashion fantasy that they want, but also kind of incorporating this new world that What's we're living in. On. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Absolutely. There's no pressure
0: at all to like go back and like kind of recreate Gothic Girl. And
1: you know, <laughs>
2: I was
0: really anxious, I think pre-pandemic, like we had started I was we were in prep and stuff, um, like four weeks before everything shut down, where we it was like fully I was having like interior, like like heavy anxiety about, oh my God, how are we going to do this? How are we like, like I have to live up to this thing and like all this weird pressure I was putting on myself really. And then like pandemic hits.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. And I go
0: back into it and I'm just like, this is its own thing. I just want it to be like, I kind of left the past behind and like all those pressures. I just like, I just want to go into this with an open mind and open heart and just enjoy the design process. And it really was liberating and- I guess there's nothing like a pandemic to put you in check, I guess. to so, <laughs> <Jamaica. laughs>
1: But it felt like kind of the anxiety could go away for a minute once you were like, let's just go in with the it fresh went away. Mind.
0: Yeah, it changed into, yeah, it changed, like it went away and it was like, I don't have to, like, I'm not like, I'm only putting these limitations on myself. It's self-imposed pressure.
1: Well, I find that so interesting and and amazing you did that because I think when when people try to do a reboot or there are so many things because you're like, are we trying to like get the original fans to do this? Are we going on to another chapter? There's like so many things where it's like, let's just go let it breathe and like, let's do it. Exactly. Um, I'm going to play a little game with you oh. and then I can <laughs> let you go back and enjoy that okay. like nice warm weather. This has been so fun with you. So awesome. It's like really? probably my favorite episode oh. so far because there's just so much, so much heart into it. And you know, you're not just doing it cause you're good at fashion. You're doing it because you care about it and you love it and you like the stories and you like film and you like television and, and it's so special. So, um, okay. So I'm going to explain looks of certain characters and we're gonna see if you can tell who it is, and then you'll give the answer, and then the picture will pop up. Cool? <laughs> cool. <laughs> now listen. Oh,
0: a disaster.
1: Do you <laughs> it'll be it'll, it'll be fun. fun. Yeah. I think you got it. Okay. <laughs> this character is wearing a camel peacoat, Britain striped top, and black jeans with a yellow scarf tied around her neck. Serena Vander and Witsen, she
0: <laughs> on the train. Episode one.
1: <laughs> Let's see. <sighs> yep.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and she's, yeah, carrying my, the next thing I was going to say is a tweed suitcase. Yes.
0: And the reason, like the reason I can nail this, I think so, so well. Well, this had
1: to be probably days <laughs> of days and days yeah. of like locking it down because it's the first look. It's so the
0: first look. It's my neckerchief from my, like I took it off my neck. I was like, I think you need this. <gasps> and we just emulated, like introducing Tavi Gevinson's character into the new Gossip Girl did like a nod to this look. So it was like, it's very kind of in my mind right now, this like striped shirt okay. and the tan jacket and the scarf. So that's, you know, hopefully I will do as well in the next, <laughs> next ones you throw at me, but this one nailed it.
1: No, that was awesome. <laughs> nailed it. Okay. This character is wearing a light blue beret, an apple cherry pattern dress, black heels, and a silver Gucci bracelet.
0: Leighton Blair, Waldorf, and Paris, probably crossing the bridge, eating macaroons with Serena. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Love that dress. Yeah. And that was in Paris, which the Paris episodes, again, because I think, because I went to college and lived in Paris, doing those episodes was some of my fondest memories and like some of my favorites, because I feel like we really dialed up the fashion. It was just like, uh, great being in Paris. It was like couture week and we were like to the couture Chanel show. Yeah. And uh, you
1: were, yeah, you went while they filmed. Yeah. yeah. Because I know half of us had to stay, half went. Because we were still filming. We were
0: filming. Like the New York – In the city. In the city. And so Sammy was covering that. And then Tanya and I uh, went to Paris to oversee this. And we had like a French crew. And actually the beret that Layton is wearing came from the French – my French costumer. Brought it in oh one day. God. And I was like, that's the perfect beret for the tone of this dress. And uh, There you go. That's See, how- this is
1: so cool. <laughs> Aw. I love that. This character wears gray skinny jeans, tight yellow shirt, black bomber jacket, White sneakers, hoop earrings, and a lion statement. Necklace. Oh, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think that's Vanessa Abrams and her first look when we introduced her, and she's on that, you know, in the alicat Cat stick and the right, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> so good. I love that bomber jacket, also. Like, you know, it's I loved great, that, and I love the big hoop ear. I don't know, the whole vibe is just dig it. Yeah, yeah,
1: just cool, cool, like kind of effortless. Cool, She's a cool girl. Yeah.
0: Cool city girl.
1: And look at Dan. (laughs) Dan's so cute. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Brooklyn, you know, bookish boy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Uh, Okay, this character wears a school uniform with a bright yellow coat, red tights, and a purse.
0: Blair? Jenny Blair? Yeah, I was just going to give you a hint, but
1: I'm like, it'll tell.
0: Blair. Going with Blair. Yes. Yeah. Jenny also wore a bright (laughs) yellow coat, but not with red tights, right?
1: Gray, right, but, yep. Yeah. Oh, my God, look at you. Yeah. Um, okay, this character wears gray plaid coat over gray sweater and skirt, fishnet stockings, knee-high boots, and she holds a black purse and wears a drop necklace.
0: Serena? Oh, Jenny. Yep, 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 yep.
1: But it could have been, that's a very, that could have been That could Serena have been Serena,
0: and that's like the yeah. Jenny, that's like the evolved, that's Jenny evolved, Humphrey 2.0. yep. 2. 0. Wow. yep. Rockstar Jenny. Well, you
1: nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, well, I just – it was so nice to, like, reminisce with you and talk. It re- re- really brought me back, like, right on there. a real on a real way. And it also yeah, shows, like, it makes you know, me... that
0: we can just – haven't really been in touch in 10 years and just, like, sit down yeah. and have an amazing conversation, like, you know, it shows how connected we still are. And that makes me very yeah. happy and feel – you know, all warm and tingly, that we could just sit down me and me have a too. great conversation about this stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just so special, and you're so sweet. And I love that you're like in Palm Springs, <laughs> and then you go back because you guys start shooting.
0: I go back, well, we, we're gonna I'll call yeah. it 2.0 now. Yes, yeah, 2.0. <laughs> we start shooting in three weeks, so I'll go back Saturday and we'll start prepping fittings on Monday. So, right back okay, at it. Wow. Yeah, so I'm gonna go
1: wild. And do you got you guys at Silver Cup or no?
0: We're not at Silver Cup. We're at Silver Cup East, okay. and then on our costume shop, we've had a couple of different costume shops. We ended up in this amazing kind of old artist gallery in Brooklyn. That's so the oh, that's costume awesome. shop is not even in the studio this time around, which is okay. awesome. It's really
1: that is cool. It's yeah. like your own little it's our space own little palace. Little and and it's really
0: yeah. It's been it's a wonderful space and you know when All the news crews like to come and film us, (laughs) do interviews with me there. (laughs) Aw,
1: I love it. (laughs) Aw, so Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm looking forward Jessica. to seeing all the new fashion and, and gossip girl. And I just yeah, it was so nice to like catch up and see you and thank you
0: so much for, you know, thinking of me and including me in this. It's really of awesome. Of course, town. it
1: wouldn't be the same without you. And you come up in every episode. Even before <laughs> I get to like the fashioner talking about you, people are like, I'm like, I'm getting there, you guys. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <jumping> <laughs> the <gun. laughs> it's so cute. oh. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. I'm coming to New York soon. So yes, I'm gonna we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go for dinner or lunch town or
0: something. Or red or just, you know, hang out. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Love you, Dal. Thank you. Mwah. Big kisses.
1: Bye. Isn't he just the best? Eric, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so many amazing stories about gossip girls fashion. I would say that I'm shocked that you remembered so many details, but honestly, you're just that good. And that's just what's up. You're amazing. It's unbelievable. And for anyone listening, I'll catch you next week for another episode of XOXO. We'll be hopping on with a cast member and a dear friend of mine. Although he only was in 11 episodes, he made a big impact on the show. So more to come next week. In the meantime, I'd love to answer your questions. So hit me up on Instagram, subscribe, comment, or even leave a review here. Have a great week. I'll be back before you know it. Until next time, XOXO. xoxo is produced by propagate content and me jessica zor our show is executive produced by ling lee our producers are diego tepia emily carr and hannah harris original music by moxie and loon and the episode was mixed by seth Olansky.